0: Daily with Jason Mertidis. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for Thursday, the 5th of January, 2023. As the Flyers will get back in action tonight, back at Wells Fargo Center, when they take on Shane Goss Despair and the Arizona Coyotes. It feels like uh, it's been a while since they've played, even though it was just a couple days ago when they wrapped up that road trip uh, with winning the last three games. The sweep of California, the overtime win over the Sharks, the 4-2 win over the Los Angeles Kings, and the 4-1 win over the Anaheim Ducks, who still sit at recording with just three regulation wins. That's almost astounding that they've done that. Only three regulation wins in 38 hockey games this year. Flyers come in, 38 games played as well, 14, 17, and 7, 35 points. The opponent tonight comes in, the Arizona Coyotes, 36 games played, 13, 18, and 5, 31 points. When you look at points percentage, the Flyers' point percentage, 0.461, the Coyotes, 0.431. The Coyotes are a team uh, coming into this uh, season that once again, expectations not there they have some good players and good players in their system but certainly not enough to compete at this point right now they've goalied a few teams this year with Vemelko he's been good Uh, their problem is only scoring 2.89 goals per game now the Flyers worse than that 2.68 goals per game Flyers giving up 3.26 goals per game and the Arizona Coyotes giving up 3.64 and uh, another team that's not very good in the faceoff circle. Two teams that are not good in the faceoff circle. Flyers at forty five point six percent and a slight edge, the slightest of edges, over Arizona, who win faceoffs at forty five point five percent chance. So Shane Goss's returns to Philadelphia once again, and uh, Ghost has now been in Arizona for two seasons. This is his second season. His last year here in twenty twenty one, he played forty one games. He had nine goals, eleven assists, and twenty points in that season. And uh, over his Flyers career, which is seven years, if you can believe that, it's amazing, 381 games played, 60 goals, 159 assists, 219 points, was a minus 31. Uh, He was a guy that uh, was a very dramatic player. When you look at what he was able to accomplish on the power play, on power play, uh, his best year in Philadelphia, power play goals-wise, he had seven, and he also had... Uh, two game-winning goals that season. Now, back in his, technically his second year, but really his first full season, If you remember that year, he was incredibly dramatic. Five game-winning goals. He had magic at that point. He ended that first full season with 46 points in 64 games. 17 goals and 29 points. Then a bit of a down year, 76 games. He had 39 points that year with seven goals and 32 assists. And then his biggest year in the NHL uh, was the 17-18 season in 78 games, 13 goals, 52 assists, 65 points. He had six power play goals that season, or excuse me, seven power play goals that season, two game winners, and uh, was a guy that was really playing well and was playing pretty well defensively there as well. We never question Shane Goss Despair's offensive prowess and his instincts in the offensive zone. They've always been very good in that zone. The problem has been neutral zone and defending. And he's a guy that, you know, I see it a lot on social media still. You see the points that he's putting up this season, and he's having a pretty good year. And uh, 36 games played so far this year. He's got nine goals, 17 assists, and 26 points. And uh, what's he getting done on the power play here? Let's take a look. Three power play goals. He's got a shorthanded goal and one game-winning goal. So decent numbers. And he's a guy that a lot of people still lament. I think I've always had this impression that he's a guy that looks good from afar. But when you see him up close, I think he's far from good. Now, I've always been a pretty harsh critic of him. By going back to even early in his days here, I.D.E. Crow, the one year when he had the 65 points. Uh, But to me, he was a guy that I thought the NHL could adjust to and get pushed into his weaknesses. And the D-Zone is his weakness. And if he is really struggling in the D-Zone, which is most of the time, he's not a great defender. If he's not scoring or not producing enough offense, that's when he becomes a net negative player. So... You know, he's a guy right now in the NHL, he's 18th in points among NHL defensemen with those 26 points. Um, Not far behind him, actually, though, is Tony D'Angelo, who's got 22 points uh, in 33 games, Ghost in 36 games. So kind of pacing semi-similar, D'Angelo a little bit behind. He's not as uh, prolific as Ghost is offensively, Um, but I don't think D'Angelo is as much of a a handicap in the D zone as Ghost was. But you're splitting hairs. The point of the conversation is, though, I see people lamenting the loss of Ghost and how it was such a travesty that they lost him. Now, there's a lot that goes into when you move on from a player. Now, around the time that they decided to move on from Ghost was expansion, and there was an expansion draft. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of people about him, And here's some of the things that I heard from some NHL sources. uh, That Ghost had two seasons in Philly where the pros outweighed the cons. And the other seasons, he was a combination of ineffective, off-injured, and or at odds with members of his coaching staff. He even didn't get along with Rick Wilson, who um, gets along with just about everybody. And it was a couple of coaches that he couldn't get on the same page with. And I don't just mean head coaches. And when I asked about the expansion draft— And the trade of Ghost and you know, the fact that the Flyers had to send a sweetener to Arizona to move him. Um, the response I got was that Ghost was not just unclaimed after being waived by the Flyers. He was also available for free in the twenty twenty offseason. Nobody took him even for free. It was just, hey, we'll trade you this player. We don't really need anything in return. Give us a whatever, six round draft pick. No takers. He was exposed in the expansion draft. Dave Haxtell was the coach who had him here. Instead, Seattle decided to take Carson Twerinsky. So, look, there are cap considerations in there, but he doesn't have a a cap that is going to break the bank. When you look at his contract, he's a guy that has a $4.5 million cap. hit. His contract expires after this year. But the two years that we're talking about, 2021-22 and this year— the actual real dollars are less than the cap hit. His real dollars out, the door, are $3.25 million. His cap hit, 4.5, But nobody took him. Arizona did. They're a team that's always trying to get to the floor, and he's been a good fit there. But you have to really kind of look at everything when you assess that move to move on from Ghost. So he was healthy scratched a few times under A.V., There was more than meets the eye. Um, But he will be back tonight. And I know a lot of people remember him fondly and the days he spent here. He was a dramatic player. He is a dramatic player, a high event player, makes dramatic plays, the way he keeps pucks in at the blue line on the power play, you know, all those kind of things and dramatic, you know, highlight reel type plays. Uh, But is the entire game one that is in net positive way more often than it's net negative. It's a term I use a lot, net positive and net negative, because this game, it's as important to keep the puck out of your net as it is to put it in the other team's net. So while he's really good at putting in the other team's net, but if he's not doing that at a prolific level, does that outweigh the deficiencies on the other end of the ice? That's the question. And then, you know, we couple that with, not being able to jump on the same page with some coaches as well. But uh, it'll be Arizona tonight at Wells Fargo Center. Shane Bear returning. Once again, it'll be Flyers and the Arizona Coyotes. Carter Hart reactivated off of IR. We'll see if he gets the start tonight for the Flyers. And it would be good to get him back in there as well after missing a few games and uh, taking that collision uh, in that game against the Carolina Hurricanes. Sam Erson has played very well, has performed very well, coming off a 4-1 win over Anaheim. Almost had the shutout, lost it in the final minute of the game, Uh, but uh, we'll see who gets the nod tonight at Wells Fargo. Uh, Sunday, it'll be the Toronto Maple Leafs, and then Monday, it'll be a game that was rescheduled on the road in Buffalo against the Sabres. I want to get to this one email, though. I got this from uh, a guy named Ian, Uh, sent this to me at jason.mertitis at gmail.com. And he sent this a couple days ago, but I wanted to get to it. He said, hey, Jason, Happy New Year. Hope this email finds you and your family are well. Just wanted to chime in with what I saw during the last two Flyers games, although I wasn't able to watch them in their entirety. Having to wake up at 6 a.m. is tough for those 10, 10.30 games. And he said he missed the Kings game due to watching uh, the Michigan Wolverines lose to TCU. Oof. Yeah, tough one. Um, He said, I'm really liking what I see out of uh, Lots and TK's game right now. Those guys continue to make plays and lead by example. I've also been pretty impressed by Tony D's play. Uh, He is on a nice little point streak. I even picked him up in my fantasy hockey. What do you think of Ursan so far? I feel like the kid battles and made some huge saves when needed. Uh, it seems like whatever torts is preaching as far as effort and not giving up, the boys are doing their best to buy in. It would not be it would be great rather to go three zero on the road trip, which they did. Uh, hopefully, it would be a good effort versus the Ducks tonight, which it was. And he said, "I'm surprised Anaheim is as bad as they are so far. I thought they'd be better." Uh, thanks for the pod, and I'll catch you later. So good email from Ian. Let's take it in pieces. Uh, Let's start with the first thing. Um, Lawton and Konechny. Two guys, you know, I wasn't sure when Torts came into the season. We talked about this on the pod. If Konechny would be a player that Torts would immediately take to his liking. I think there's a lot of elements there that I know Torts would like. But I thought maybe there was some that he would not like. And perhaps at times he would drive him crazy. And he might. But TK has been so good and and efficient at putting the puck in the net and creating offense that even though he does have some deficiencies in his you know shots allowed when he's on the ice and chances and those things he his offensive game is so far outweighing any negatives to his game right now that you can't help but like it. And look, he's being aggressive and trying to make plays on a team that is starved for offense. And sometimes that comes at a cost. And I always say to generate offense, you have to incur some risk. And TK certainly has some risk in his game. As far as Lawton goes, I feel like the last three years, he's a guy that's just been really consistent. And I feel like as a coach, you know, when you have a player that you can throw over the boards— and know exactly what you're going to get from him pretty much game in, game out, period in, period out, and shift in, shift out. That's Scott Lawton. He's not going to wow you. He's not going to go out and go on a run where he scores nine goals in seven games or anything like that. It's not Scott Lawton. But you know you're going to get an honest, dignified effort from a guy that is prepared to play, and he's going to lead by example. And I know Torts likes that. I know Torts likes that. It's why he's the only guy with a letter on his jersey. Um, As far as Erson goes, yeah, I've really liked what I've seen out of Sam Erson. I liked what I saw in the preseason, and I haven't seen anything here in the season that has made me like him any less. I know it was a rough outing in the first two periods against Carolina. You know, that can happen to a goalie, and, you know, it kind of stinks that it happened to him on his first game out. But the way he's rebounded, you always want to know what your player is going to be like when they're faced with, you know, individual stress or individual adversity. I love how Sam Harrison overcame that, not only to come back into that game, didn't have time to think. I like that part, but the subsequent two games, and the way he looked poised in there, and he didn't let that one game turn into another game. I, I'm really, I've been really impressed with him and i really like the way i talk about his mental approach quite, quite a bit talk to him quite a bit in the, in the preseason and during camp and really like the way the game is for him between his ears for a goalie that's such a big thing between the ears how you react how you prepare how you compartmentalize you know parts of the game and some of the noise that goes with the position and the stress that goes with the position because it is a stressful position, and I think he's handling it very well. So, and the last part that Ian brought up was, um, he said it seems like Torts is preaching, what he's preaching as far as effort and not giving up. The boys are by doing their best to buy in. Yeah, I think that's pretty apparent. Um, this team, I mean, they've had a couple games this year or periods where they've been overwhelmed and they haven't looked ready. That's going to happen in an 82-game season. But overall, I think we look at a team that's battling that has battled hard, and I think we look at a team that, for the most part, you can look at it and say, through however many games they've played so far, they have given us an honest effort. You know, most nights, you know, most periods. I mean, they played thirty-eight games. If I'm looking at anything that they've done, extremely consistency consistent this year. I think it's it's that. It's that element of going out there and giving everything you have. We know that they don't have the talent to, that Toronto has or that Tampa Bay has or that Boston has or that Carolina has or the Rangers, for that matter, and a lot of their opponents. They need more talent. They need more high-end talent. We know that. But I think we also know that this team has gone out and, and worked hard. Now, working hard will get you only so far. <laughs> you know, working hard is good, but it's no feather in your cap. That's part of the gig. You got to work hard, whether you got talent or you don't have talent. You got to go out and work hard. If you want to win anything in sports, got to work hard. It's a, a it's a non-negotiable. Teams have talent that don't work; they don't go anywhere. Teams have talent that work; they got a shot if they're willing to to make the ultimate sacrifices to win and play as a group. And they've got a team that guys are put in the right position to succeed, not playing a line above where they should be or a line, you know, or or a D pairing higher than they should be. When you have a team with talent and that is slotted correctly, that works hard, look at every team that wins the cup. You can say that about them. All right. It is Flyers Arizona tonight at Wells Fargo Center. We'll break it down tomorrow. And you'll join us, I hope, for another brand new edition of Flyersdale.